most of us remember that day. It's etched in our minds, a permanent reminder of tragedy. We all watched helplessly as lives were lost, heroes were born, and a nation was forever changed. The loss was unimaginable, the sorrow unbearable. But through that pain, we witnessed the resolve of a nation. We saw chaos give birth to courage, fear transform into fortitude, and destruction give way to determination. In the midst of the brokenness, freedom stood immovable. Today, we remember those we lost. We honor the heroes who saved so many and grieve with the families who have suffered so much. We still remember and we will never forget. I want us to stand in reverence. And I want for us to take a moment of silence to remember that defining moment in our country. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we have paused here in this place. And those that are with us online, we paused because we admit and confess that we are lost without you. We confess that our country is a great place to live. Our country has been blessed by you. We call this country the United States of America. And what I have witnessed, Lord, is when tragedy hits our country, people really do unite. In 9-11, Lord, we will never forget what a terrible tragedy that was but we will also never forget how everyone came together. And that is our cry this morning. Our cry, Lord, is that you will form a unity in us beyond tragedy, beyond difficulty, Lord, beyond all the chaos that's in our world right now, Lord. Let us at Living Word Chapel be a part of the construction of God, not the destruction of the devil. And as we pray this, we believe, Holy Spirit, that you will empower us to make a difference for the glory of Christ. We pray this in his name, and everyone said, amen. 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 You may be seated. We want to welcome you, and we want to welcome our online campus as well. Well, as we continue to worship... Always, we want to uh, remind you of ways that we stay connected with you. One of the ways that we do that is you have a card under your seat. It's a, a very bright orange card. You can't miss it. And uh, it says connect card on it. And if there's anything going on in your life, praise report or, or something that you would like prayer for, just take a minute to write it down on that card, or if there's anything you would like the staff to know, if you've had a change of address, phone number, if you just wanna jot your credit card down, um, it'll stay with us in the, in the office. That is not in the script, <laughs> no, by the way. Not. But this is how we connect with you and uh, how we can know what's going on in your life. Also, if you're a first time guest, 
just uh, kind of going over what Art said earlier, take a minute to fill that card out. Let us know a little bit about you. If you take that to the Welcome Center at the end of the service, we have a gift for you because you are a gift to us today. Also, we are having our Connect Luncheon today after second service. What this luncheon is, uh, is first of all, we eat together. Uh, but if you're new with us, and even if you're not new, um, even if you've been coming for a while and you're just not sure what the vision and the mission is here, uh, come join us for the class. It's after second service in our cafe area. It's not a long class. We just talk about, uh, you get to meet some of the staff. We do share the vision and the mission with you. We give you some information about the church. So if that's something you've never done, we would love to have you join us after second service in the cafe. Amen. And real quickly, as Shauna uh, goes and finds her, her seat, um, we are going to invite every man in here to our Real Men Retreat, October 14th through the 16th. It is an unbelievable place. In fact, so unbelievable that Shauna and I just got back from it last night. In Alpine, Arizona, I went and did a wedding yesterday in Alpine and uh, got back and just beautiful, beautiful location. Uh, men, it will benefit you for you to get away and uh, seek the Lord together with other men. And uh, wives, it'll benefit you to get your husband out for the weekend as well. M let me just say this for you men that have never been out of the house uh, without your wives, you will be okay. You will be okay. We will take care of you. And, uh, and I just think it's going to be a real, real good thing. So uh, get signed up uh, in talking to the owners of the, the the venue where we will be at, there's a lot of people already signing up, so please get your cabins uh, reserved if you have not, so that you can be a part of it uh, October 14th through the 16th. How many of you believe in here that having the right people in your life is important? Yeah. In fact, I, I, really, I really believe that, uh, that we're better together. We're better with other, with other people. I am a lot better uh, than uh, being by myself. I'm a lot better with others that are going to speak things of Christ in my life. So we're very intentional at Living Word Chapel about small groups. We, we believe that in your small group that uh, you're going to be shaped into the likeness of Christ a lot more than if you're by yourself. Uh, the enemy has a way of trying to play havoc in our lives if he can single us out. And so when you have other people that are alongside of you, uh, especially weekly, it helps you to, to fight the fight that needs to be fought and also to encourage you uh, in places that you need to be encouraged as well as celebrating the things that God is doing in your life. That's why we'd have the Go God in our connection card because we want to celebrate with the things that God is doing in your life. So we do a, a, a small group church-wide campaign in the spring, and then we do one in the fall. And we have small groups that are going throughout the year. But at those church-wide campaigns, we uh, desire and we believe it's important for everyone to be uh, a part of that church-wide campaign. In the spring, if you remember, we did a small group campaign that was focused on mental health. And we, uh, we had a lot of testimonies uh, testimonials of people that were helped uh, because they understood that mental health is something that we all struggle with. We all want to get our mind more healthy. Amen? Our mind and our emotions. And it was something that people really didn't talk about at one time. In fact, especially in the church, because you were supposed to have it all together, but what we find out from the scriptures and our life is that none of us have it together except for one, and that's Jesus Christ. And we need him in our life. And so as we go into the fall campaign, uh, we thought it was important to answer four uh, life essential questions, questions that everyone is asking. And the first question that we're going to answer is, uh, am I going, is there hope for me? Is there any hope for me, uh, even if I have messed up and messed up real bad? And I think that uh, there's probably someone sitting here or watching online that that you struggle with that daily. You struggle, is there really any hope for me? Or am I doomed 
for uh, disaster for the rest of my life. And, and uh, it's, it's a great thing for us to look at. The next thing that we will look at, another question is, uh, what is truth? What is truth? And that is something that we deal with all of the time with all of the uh, counterfeit truth. But what does the Bible say about truth? Let me just give you a, uh, a kind of a teaser. Uh, truth is not an it. Truth is a him. And so we find truth in Jesus Christ. So we'll look at that. The other thing that we will answer, the life essential question is, why do bad things happen? If God is a good God, why is there so much bad going on? And we'll look and, and see what the Bible says about that. And Jesus had a lot to say about how he came to, to make bad things into good things. Amen? And then we'll finish this, this series uh, with uh, the reality of, of knowing that uh, what's my purpose in life? And if you're living a purposeless life, there's no reason to get up in the morning. But if you have a purposeful life, a life full of purpose, it's a lot easier getting up in the morning because you know you're going to make a difference for the glory of God. Amen. And I believe that's why everyone is here this morning. I believe you came here this morning because you have purpose and it's bigger than you. And so we'll look at that. And what a wonderful time for you to invite a neighbor. What a wonderful time for you to invite a friend to a small group. They might not come to a church service, but they may go to a small group. And it's a wonderful place for you to get maybe someone that is uh, on this side of seeking the possibility of a relationship with God, if there is a God, and, uh, and then maybe taking a step across the threshold and putting their faith in Jesus. That is going to happen during this campaign. I'm calling that by faith because I know that the God that we serve is already working. He's working in your friends. He's working in your coworkers. He's working in your family. And they're finding out that life without God is empty. And so we're going to do the small group campaign so that we can get a lot of them into that place that they need to be. So as we look at small groups, um, I, I want for us to, to think about some things. First of all, was Jesus Christ our Lord, was he a part of a small group? Yeah. Who, who was his circle? There was what? How many? Twelve. And then in his inner circle, there were how many? Three, right? It talks a lot about Peter, John, and James. And that was the inner, inner circle. And then there was the 12 disciples, the 12 apostles, right? And, and so we find out that Jesus is our example of a small group. I, we were praying in our elders' prayer at 7 a.m. this morning. And, and, and as we pray and we talk about things uh, that we're dealing with in life, we, we pray for each other, we encourage each other, we go to the Word together to hear from God, and then we, we begin to, to seek Him for not only for our own lives, but for our, the lives of those that are sitting around that circle. And then it expands into your lives. We pray for each one of you. Every person that's here, you've been prayed for by the elders. We just believe that God is good and He has great things for your life. But that is a small group. Our elders are a small group. Our, every person that is serving here, our leadership team, we're small groups, and we're trying to do the things that bring glory to God. We have a, a prayer group that meets every Tuesday, and they come in, in the early hours, and they pray for every prayer request, and then they have one topic that they pray about through that whole hour. It's called the hour of power. And nothing happens without prayer. And they're in direct dialogue with the one that matters. And, and Chris and Terry Butke, that, that they lead this, this wonderful ministry. And, and as they do, they have a small group of people that assemble to pray. Is there power in that small group? Yeah. A lot of power. Jesus is, is uh, remember last week we were Going through the Gospel of John, we still are. We're going to look at that, at, uh, answer the questions, the essential questions in the Gospel of John. But we saw last week that Jesus uh, 
Not that his brothers didn't even believe in him in his earthly ministry. Remember that? His, his relatives didn't believe in him. And then later on, they came to faith when he was resurrected. And we also saw that, uh, that Jesus, through all this difficulty and all this adversity, that he, he stayed true uh, to the will of the Father. And that's what we want to do. We want to stay true to the will of the Father. But, but as we continue, I want to read real quickly chapter 7 of John, verse 14 through 18. Because there's some things that are very important as we look at small groups. It says, then midway through the festival, Jesus went up to the temple and he began to, to do what? To teach. And the people were surprised when they heard him. How does he know so much when he hasn't been trained? Well, here's the thing that it's God talking. And so when we open up the word of God, the word of truth, we hear the words of Jesus. It's God talking. Okay. So Jesus told them, my message is not my own. It comes from God who sent me. Anyone who wants to do the will of God will know whether my teaching is from God or is merely my own. And those who speak for themselves want glory for themselves. But a person who seeks to honor the one who sent him speaks truth, not lies. Is that important for us? And every time we open the word of truth, we're going to hear the truth of God in our lives. And that's what our small groups are all about. It's about open up, opening up the word of truth so we can hear the voice of God. And I say this over and over and over and over and over and over again. And I want you to always remember it. If anyone is speaking, whether it's from this platform or any other platform, and it goes against the word of truth, you go with the word of truth. But the only way you're going to know the word of truth is for you to read the word of truth. Amen? And the word of truth will sometimes offend people, but it's okay if it offends people because it's truth. And sometimes truth is offensive. Sometimes truth is what we need to hear, not what we want to hear. And we're with our, with our children. Your children need to know what they need to know, not what they want to know. They need what they, uh, you know, they, they, they need to, to walk in what they need, not what they want. It's the same thing for us as Christians. And so I'm going to give you four reasons that a small group campaign will benefit your life. And my prayer is that at the end of the, the service, if you're not in a small group, that you will go to the back uh, in, the, in the cafe. There's a table that's set up, and there's a, a list of small groups that are already available for you, but there's also some papers that you can start and host your own group, and you've got your own circle of friends, and it could be two or three people. Jesus said, where two or three get, are gathered in my name, I am in their, in their midst. I'm there. So you can just have two or three people that you're going to study. You could study at lunch, on your lunch break at work with two or three people, and you'll see God move because we'll have everything prepared for you and you'll be able to study together. So four reasons a small group campaign will benefit your life. The first reason is because we study the word together. Just say amen if you agree that it's important for us to study the word. Think about your most important test that you ever took. Did you study for it? Think about maybe you had to pass an exam to get a license. How important was it for you to study that exam? Your life will benefit when you are in the word. In fact, I can guarantee that you will have clearer direction for the choices you face when you default to the word of God. You'll have better answers for the difficult questions that we have in life if you're in the word. I can say this because I have experienced it firsthand. And when you do it together, it makes it even better. 
When you have a group of people around you, it makes it better because here's the thing that I have found to be true, that if I am isolated, even if I'm studying the word of God and I don't have any, anyone else to kind of go over it with, then I can get caught in my own ways and my own interpretations. And sometimes my own interpretation may be a little bit skewed. Amen? And, and when you have other people, they might tell you, I don't think that's what the word says. And so you study together and you help each other out. And you become better followers of God when you do it. In the small group, you're able to dig deeper. On Sunday mornings, some of you probably leave with questions. Last week, I talked about a situation that happened in my life about how there's a religious spirit that can try to enter in into your relationship with Jesus. Amen? Our walk with Christ is relational, not religious. And I mentioned about a situation that happened when I did a memorial service for my mom. And the next day, I got a call from someone. They said, you know, someone, uh, I don't think they heard you the right way. And they had questions if you were against some denomination. I said, I am not against any denomination. I was just talking about a fact in my life that happened. And from that situation, from that some factual experience... There's a lot that goes into, there's a lot that was going on that I was not able to share. But when we went into our real men, I brought it to all the men and I said, let's talk about what I said on Sunday. And we dug deeper and let the word of God speak into that situation. Amen? And that's how everyone is here. You, you, you can't ask questions on, on Sunday during the message. You, you can't do that. If everyone did that, we wouldn't get anywhere. Amen? There's, you know, 150 people here. And so when you go in a small group, you're able to talk about things. The questions that you have, you're able to bring them, bring them out and discuss them. We're taught in the Bible that we should be students of the word. How many of you know about the people in Berea? They're called the Bereans. The people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica, and they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. You see, the people in Thessalonica were, were persuaded by the religious leaders, and they persecuted Paul and they persecuted, you know, uh, Silas, and, and they were not open to the things that God had for them. But we as Christians should be Bereans, and we should study the scriptures to make sure that the things that are being said are, are true. Amen? See, you are not Pastor James' followers. God forbid that. You are Christ followers. And so Bereans understand the importance of being Christ followers. You don't follow a pastor. You follow a Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. And the only way that you understand what Jesus says is by opening up the word of truth and studying it. But we should all be Bereans. The Bible says that as iron sharpens iron... So one person sharpens another. I, I am so much better because of people like Mike Sloan in my life, people like Mike West in my life, people like Leonard Kasperzak in my life. I could go on and on. People that I spend time with, I'm so much better because they sharpen me. They make me, they make me sharper. You need people in your life. And you need people in your life that will wrestle in the scriptures with you. That they'll study the word of God, not to argue, but to edify. This is not about I know more than you do. That's, that's arrogance. That's pride. That'll destroy us. It's not about knowing more than everybody else. It's about growing together and being there as an advocate to strengthen each other. See, the second reason that a small group will uh, benefit you is because we grow in the word together. 
Now, a small group will always help you grow spiritually if you're in the word. Always. Now, some small groups will help you grow physically as well. I like those small groups. Anytime that small groups have some really good enchiladas and tacos and all that, we're going to really enjoy going there. You know, the word of God tells us that they broke bread together. They hung out together. So there's a, there is actually some spiritual validity to that, right? One of the things that, uh, that my dad would often say to me growing up is uh, when, whenever I had a mess up or something happened, he would, he would say, you learned an important lesson through this. Anyone ever have someone say that to you? Maybe you've used it with someone. And, and that lesson will, would help me to grow. But, but it's crazy how my dad would remind me of whatever situation that, that I was going through. And he said, did, did, what, what did you learn through that? You see, there was two people having dialogue. It was me and my father. And, and as we would talk about things, he was helping me. He was helping me grow as a, as a child into an adolescence, as an adolescent into a young adult. And, and my dad was not perfect. He fell short of the glory of God. He needed Jesus in his life, but he was good for me. Amen? And he did have Jesus in his life. He did receive Jesus as a Savior. But, but what I want to emphasize to you is we need people to help us grow. We need people that will say to you, did you learn anything from what happened this past week? And then you talk about it. Look at what it says about the early church in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It says, they spent their time learning from the apostles. And they were like family to each other. And they also broke bread. And they had tacos and enchiladas and roast beef. And so oh, it doesn't say that. In the white lines it does. They also broke bread and they prayed together. What's, what's the first thing that you see there? It says they which is plural. You see, the early church understood that they were better with other people in their lives. And I've come to understand that I'm better with other people. The, the second thing that it says is they spent their time. And, and it speaks to me about investment you see, we are spending our time, all of us, doing something. You are investing your time. In fact, your time is a very, very precious commodity. And think about what you do with your time. You do with, with your time what matters most to you. Think with me. So when you say, I don't have time for a small group... Because I have to go golfing or play pickleball or I have to, you know, uh, uh, go uh, knitting or I have to do things with my family. There's a lot of things that we can say, but your investment really matters. And when you spend time with God's people, God will he'll bless you. He'll replenish your time. He'll help you because you're actually prioritizing him. Hear me. Some of you live your life alone all the time. You, you, you don't go to a real men retreat. You don't go because you're, you're actually fearful. I believe that we're fearful or we're prideful that we're not going to go to gather with other men. Something is keeping you from that because that, that meeting, that, that, that coming together is going to benefit you for the glory of God. I've never been to a gathering where God's people are, where people don't come back changed and transformed. Never. You have to prioritize your time with an investment. Here, here's my question. Is your use of time benefiting you in growing in God? Or is your, or is your investment of time benefiting you in growing away from God? 
I can't answer that question for you. You have to answer that for yourself. But I can tell you this right now that, that for, for the years that I've been walking with Jesus, which is about 28, going on 29 years that I've been walking with Jesus Christ, I've always been in a small group. And can I tell you that before that, before I ever came to Jesus, I walked in small groups too. And those small groups did not benefit my growth in God. They benefited in my growth in possibly getting divorced. They, they benefited in my, my potential of me being a, 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 a single father without, without my kids. They, they, they benefited a lot of things, but they didn't benefit me growing in God. Hear me. There are some investments that we have to make in the kingdom. And we learned that from the early church. We learned how important it was for them. The third thing that stands out about the early church is they learned from the apostles. And the New Testament are the words of Jesus and the apostles. In fact, Jesus, when he gave the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe everything that I have taught you. So when we learn from the teachings of the apostles, they're teaching us about Jesus. It's important. Peter put it like this, the apostle Peter. He said, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Glory be to him now and forever. So you, you cannot grow without learning together. We need that. We need to learn about Jesus. The fourth thing that is vital to your growth is that they were like family to each other. Both times that I lost my parents, my dad and my mom, did service, spent time with my, my blood family, my, my kins, I could not wait to get around my spiritual family. When I came to a church service after losing the people that were so dear to me, it's amazing how I was built up and strengthened. Can I tell you why? There's an eternal family, and those are those that are born again. And that family, I hate to say it, I, have to, I hate to say it, but I love to say it, that family trumps even our physical family because that's a temporary family if they don't become born again. See, we're linked to our Father in heaven. And the blood of Christ runs through the, the veins, our spiritual veins. Our DNA goes right directly to God through Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit dwells in us. So, so we need each other. We break bread together. We pray for each other. We encourage one another. We keep growing together. When I talked about the elders uh, meeting this morning, there was a situation that happened where an elder brought it to the, 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 the other elders, and we, we listened, and we, we, we stood with him, and we strengthened each other because we care about each other. We're family. And you can never have family in church until you make time for family in church. Those people that have been in small groups throughout their life, they grow in love for each other. You won't believe our real men group on Thursday nights. We're real men. We talk about real things. We don't talk about religiosity. We talk about what the things that we're going through that only Jesus can heal. We talk about how much we need God in our lives. We talk about how much we need each other. We talk about the war that we have throughout the week with the world and our flesh and the devil. And guess what? We will win together as a family. We will love each other through the difficulty. But you can only have that when you prioritize meeting together. Here's a third reason that a small group campaign will benefit you. It's because we live out the word together. It's one thing to study the word it's another thing that we want to grow in the word, but it's another thing which is so much better to live it out. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. The people around us, they might not have ever opened up their Bible, but you are a Bible that they read every day. 
The things that we do in our community, they speak volumes. And if our lives don't match up with the word of truth, if our lives are a lie, then people are not going to be attracted to Jesus. But if our lives are applicable to the word of God, through his grace, through his mercy, through his strength, then people around us find Jesus very attractive. And what you tell them, beloved, is it's not Living Word Chapel that changes you. It's Jesus Christ. We live out the word together. We were in Guatemala on a short-term mission trip, and there was about nine or ten of us. I'll never forget this. And uh, there was a, a, a beautiful Christian sister that was with us, beautiful in spirit and in love. And, and they asked her, where are you from? Where are you guys from? And I'll never forget this. She said, we are from Living the Word Chapel. <laughs> I almost said, let's change our name. She didn't say Living Word Chapel. She said, we are from Living the Word Chapel. I'll never forget that. Because that's really what we're called to be. We're called to be a, a community of believers who live out the word. That's what God wants us to do. Jesus told his disciples this. He said, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So it's one thing to study the word. It's another thing to grow in the word. But until you live out the word, it doesn't build up the lives of people around you. Our neighbors should be better because of us. We're, we're getting ready to serve our city in November. First week of November. We do it every year for the past five years. The schools are better because of Living Word Chapel. Not because, not because of Living Word Chapel, but because of Living the Word Chapel. Our communities are a better place because of living the word chapel when we live the word. And we will continue to do that because that's what God wants us to do. God's word is for our benefit, but as we mature in our walk, we find that it's really about benefiting others. We, we learned last week that, uh, that James was a brother of Jesus and he did not believe in him, but James was one of the first people that Jesus went to when he was resurrected. And James became a, a follower of, of Christ and trusted in Jesus. And, and this is what James wrote. He said, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it, what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. And one of the saddest things that can be said about a Christ follower is for, for them to come to church and to listen to the word week after week, month after month, year after year, and there's no changes in our lives because the word of God is here for ch changing our lives for the glory of God. It's here to make us more like Christ. It is the power of the Holy Spirit working through the word of truth. It's the Holy Spirit that's drawing you to be a, become a part of a small group. It's not what I'm preaching. The Holy Spirit wants for you to grow and be benefited and be a benefit to others. Amen? And here's the thing about small groups. I, I remember hearing about just different things, testimonies. There's a small group. They were meeting together, and, and some of the, uh, uh, a couple in their, in, their, in their group was going through a real hard time. Uh, one of the, 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 the husband was, was very ill and going through some treatment. And I'll never forget that small group. They came alongside. They went to their house. They helped him with things that he used to be able to do at one time. And they did that for him. And they paid so that they could, they could get back to a place of restoration. That's living the word. Amen? Small groups are a wonderful place for us to live out the word. The writer of Hebrews put it like this. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. 
Notice the plural, let us. That's uh, the NIV. The NLT puts it like this. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. The ESV, the English Standard Version, puts it like this. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. You see, sometimes Pastor James needs to be spurred and moved in a direction to do things for the glory of God. Sometimes I need to be motivated. I need to be rooted on. And someone say, come on, we can do it together. And sometimes I need to be stirred up. But I always, always, always need others to help me. I'm better with my wife than I am without her. I might not like some of the things she says to me. I always love her, right? But I'm better because of some of the things that she says to me. She stirs me up. She motivates me. And sometimes she spurs me. Get them moving. But I also have men of God that are in that same category about spurring, stirring, and motivating. We all need that in our lives. So tell someone next to you, if you want to, I'm ready to live out God's word today. I'm ready to live it out. Man, I thank you that there's two people that said it. I'm ready to live out God's word for for his glory. Amen? Here's the fourth reason a small group campaign will benefit you. It's because we learn to share the word with others together. I say this all the time, and I get a lot of practice with it. I say this all the time, that we will not take anything with us to heaven when we go. We come into this world with nothing, and we leave this world with nothing. In fact, they're going to dress you for your service. You might say, I, I, I don't, I, make sure you dress me this way. And, and nowadays, they're in memorial services, so they're, you know, they're going to they're gonna do the, the, the uh, uh, cre- crematory. They're going to cremate you if that's the, the choice that you take. But we take nothing with us except for one thing. What is the one thing that we will take with us to heaven? The people that we brought to Jesus. Those people will be with you in heaven forever. Think about the enormity of that. In our small group, we get to share the Lord with others. You learn how to get out of your, your fears and begin to talk about the things of God in your small group. And then that begins to filter out into your world. Hear me now. Some of you have been called to bring the people that you work with to Jesus. Others have been called to, to bring the people that you go to school with to Jesus. Others of you are called to bring your neighbors that are around you to Jesus. But we have to grow in how we share the Lord. Here's what I know for sure, that that anywhere that I share Jesus with two or three other people, he always shows up. By, By the grace of God, by the grace of God, we have been privileged, Sean and I, to lead our neighbors to Jesus. By the grace of God, because I believe that when he says something, it's true. And he said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm in their midst. And this could be in your neighborhood. This could be at your school. This could be in your workplace where you begin to talk about the things of God. 
and he shows up and you know that he's there because the presence of God is so real. Amen? Like as, as I was driving back from Alpine and we're driving from uh, uh, Springerville to Sholo and, and I see the clouds and I'm not kidding you that there was a window in the clouds. These clouds were majestic and there's this window in the clouds that shows the blue sky and the rays of the sun are going through there and my wife's driving because I'm eating Avery barbecue on the way back and so... I'm growing in my faith. So, so we're, we're driving back, and, and I'm looking at the heavens, and I'm saying, oh, my goodness, no one can express the glory of God like he can. The heavens declare his glory. And so we're driving, and, and I, I'm not kidding you, that I felt the presence of God. And there are times that I'm sharing with people the good things of God, and I can feel his presence with me. In fact, I feel his presence right now. And it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with his goodness. And, and when you leave here, have you ever left a, an assembly of God's people together and you feel better? Anyone, just has that ever happened to you in your life? And if it hasn't, go to a church where you can find the presence of God. Amen? And you leave and you feel the presence of the Almighty God and you just know that you know that you know that you've had an encounter with the living one. That's exactly what happens when you share Jesus with others. At first you're intimidated, but the more that you begin to learn how to share the Lord, you get more confident. And when you're talking to that person that God placed in your life, you feel his presence, and guess what happens? They feel his presence, too. Someone might say something like, why is this going on with my, I'm getting these goosebumps. Well, what, what is just happening? That's the presence of the Lord. We call them the Holy Ghost Bumps. And that happens. There's times where you just feel the them Holy Ghost Bumps. They just start coming up. That's the presence of the Almighty God sometimes. And you share his goodness. You share how wonderful he is. Look, at, look I'm going to end with this scripture. And all the believers, Acts 2, 44 through 47, and all the believers, they met together in one place and they shared everything that they had. They sold their property and possessions and they shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day and they met in their homes for the Lord's Supper and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while they were praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Why? Because they prioritized God in their life. And they met together. See, the church is about meeting together in the assembly. And it's also about meeting together in homes. That's what the Bible says. I'm not teaching you something just because I want to have more small groups. Believe me, I don't want to get you more busy. I want you to have more Jesus in your life. And for some of you in your small groups, it's not about arguing about who's right and who's wrong. It's about lifting up the name of Jesus and making each other better. It's about wanting to have a fellowship. It's about going someplace and submitting yourself to a work of God. Let me tell you something. In your small groups, as you bring people in and as if they've never been submitted to anything, it's about them having healthy submission to leaders that are going to help them, that are going to strive for the salvation of their souls. Hear me. Us elders, we're going to give an account to God for how we handled every soul that God has brought here. That's something that, be, that brings the, the fear of God in my life. That's what, when I teach, I want it to be straight out of here. I want you guys to understand. I want you to know that there are people outside of this church who need the love of Jesus. He is their only hope. If there's anything that we should grab a hold of from what's happened in the last couple years, just even go back to 9-11, it's that we're all vulnerable. It's, it's the fact that no country is our hope. It's Jesus Christ is our hope. Are you with me? 
And as Jesus becomes primary, everything else will work out for his glory. Your name. I'll speak your name.